everybody. Welcome back to Eats More Cereal, a gaming-oriented podcast by myself and E.T. How you doing today? We're finally back. I know. Um, it's been a bit. <laughs> 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 we were preoccupied for a little bit, and we just didn't have time. So now yeah, we're back, co- though. A co- couple big things gone the way of stuff, you know. Things happen, you know, busy mm-hmm. summer. Yeah, exactly. We're back. Exactly. We're, we're ready you know yeah we're, we're pumped up we're pumped up we're ready, pumped up. ready to talk about some gaming stuff mm-hmm. all right so well today's episode uh we're going to talk a lot about the different types of like choices that you can kind of have in, in video games um whether that's a narrative driven game or even just like a, a multiplayer shooter um there's small and big choices in every game basically uh and um that's kind of what we're going to talk about um so I kind of wanted to first go into like the smaller um, choices that you have in games, kind of like when you're given in like a game, when you're given a prompt to choose like which weapon you want, you, you get to choose that weapon. It kind of gives you that sense of like, not, I, I mean, I mean, freedom, but more so just kind of like that you're actually building your own character instead of like where you could say like a single player game that you're, you're the same character and you don't really get many choices throughout. You're kind of playing as someone else. But in this kind of game, you're kind of like even like sculpting could be a word um, to like <laughs> um, to make your own character and kind of choose what play style you want or like what weapons you want. Like you, you see this a lot in like MMORPGs where there's different classes and all of them have like their own skill tree, specialized weapons that they use. Like that's probably one of the biggest components of MMOs. And that's kind of why I like to play them sometimes because um, of that, like just to express yourself in the character with the types of like systems or weapons you like, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to choice, especially when it, in terms of stuff like MMOs, I think it's important to just make a distinction of like the different kinds of choices you have. Right. So you have like choices that actively affect gameplay, right. Mm -hmm. When it comes to like weapons, skill trees, you know, any sort of choice you make in game that has a direct impact on what happens in the game yeah and like specific you know enemies you fight all that sort of stuff how you kill them everything like that or you even have smaller choices you can make stuff like cosmetic choices right mm-hmm. even take something like skyrim right the first uh first thing you do when you load up skyrim is you choose your character <laughs> sort of um you basically have all of these choices available of how to customize your character and how they look you know you can change your hair color change your facial structure all that sort of thing um and being able to do that while it doesn't necessarily give you an in-game advantage or disadvantage or anything like that stuff like that people really appreciate stuff like that cosmetic choice is something that is often overlooked Mm -hmm. um but people people go crazy for cosmetics i mean even in like big multiplayer shooter games like Valorant, CSGO, Overwatch, you know, cosmetics yeah. are what drive, uh, you know, sales mm-hmm. for the game. Uh, it's being able to, like, pay money and, like, show off a cool-looking weapon or cool-looking outfit. I mean, that's really cool. People like having the option to do that. But that's also completely different from games where, like MMOs and RPGs, where you have distinct choices that di- directly affect the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting because, um, like, think of it uh, like more of a narrative-driven game, like um, Mass Effect, uh, which 
Uh, it happened. It, it was. It, how, it's been what? However many minutes? Like three minutes into the episode? Yeah. I mean, and I had to. Mass we're, we're talking about choices in of gaming. Course, of, of course, course. I have to. Like, it's only fair. It's only yeah. fair. I mean, Mass Effect, uh, and even just most Bioware games in general, are like True. probably one of the more bigger types of games that everything you do in that game will impact something in a sort of way. Um, especially because of like the the bigger choices that you have, but also the smaller dialogue choices. Um, I'll give like a quick explanation. Um, there are there you have like six dialogue options, or you have like uh six, and three of them are like explanation topics to like an NPC. So if you want to learn more about like a mission or something, uh, you click on those. But the other three are uh, Paragon, Renegade, and uh, Neutral. Neutral is just uh, kind of a normal response. But Renegade is more so of a, um, an, uh, I like to call it, some people call it aggressive. I like to say like brutally honest type response. Sometimes <laughs> in like the dialogue that it gives you, you could be like so rude, uh, but it's kind of like that brutally honest type um, play, which kind of makes yeah. your character more of a piece of an idiot. Um, but <laughs> I, I, um, And then the top option is paragon which paragon is basically like super nice um calming like it's it's kind of like your standard the opposite the opposite yeah, exactly of... the opposite yeah yeah and so every time you click one of these throughout the game uh the whole trilogy um you get a point so like if you click on a renegade option you get a renegade point uh, same with the others and um that those points um rack up and the game like collects that as you keep going on and um that will allow you to access um, if you have like 40 renegade points, then you'll access to more, a, a different renegade response. That's more impactful. Um, mm -hmm. and kind of like, um, it's probably even more rude, honestly, from what I've done. Um, but, um, and it's basically like practicing it, right. You know, the more you use it, the more, the better you get at actually using it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And what that does to the game is kind of where it makes you feel like you're, creating even your own personality for your character as commander shepherd and um that's why i love the series one of the one of the many reasons why i love the series so much <laughs> because you can cut your you can customize almost everything about your character like obviously the looks gender all of that um but specifically the personality like the complete personality is up to you and that's something that you don't see a lot in some single player games that have choices but not necessarily for like the the dialogue it makes mm -hmm. like playthroughs like completely different. Like you can do a run where you only say renegade options, which means you're kind of the rudest person in the gal uh, galaxy. But um, there are like things that you, you do when you click those dialogue options that you probably wouldn't do. Like you can get your squad mates killed just because of those op options. And I, I really like that feeling of like making your own personality for your character. Mm -hmm. That's 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 why I love the game so much. Oh yeah, I mean. When it comes to choices that directly affect the story of the game you're playing, I mean, it's it, it's a lot that goes into it. Um, when you think of it from like a game development perspective, I mean, the more choice you give the players, the more difficult it is to mm -hmm. actually develop a game. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this a bit when we were talking about the linear and non-linear games, mm -hmm. about how non-linear games are a lot more difficult to balance and actually make, because the more agency you give the player to go wherever they want and do whatever they want, the harder it is to balance a game around that, you know, exactly, especially yeah. when when you're working with, say, like a level system, you have to make sure levels are being balanced correctly and make sure you don't 
uh, players don't run into somewhere where they're completely underleveled or overleveled, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and on that same sort of um, topic, I think it's important to talk about how choice choice looks from a consumer perspective, right? Because when you're, I, I just mentioned before about how people love choice and people love being able to have customizability. The more choice, the better is usually the, the rule of thumb when it comes to a lot of games. But that isn't always necessarily true, especially yeah. when it comes to something like, um, you know, like big MMOs or even like a, uh, you know, MOBAs, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, take, take a game like League of Legends, right? <laughs> you go into League of Legends. Star, do you know offhand how many champions there are in League of Legends? There is probably around 162. More than 100. More than 100. I want to see how close I was. Because, okay, if you're, say, you've never played oh, it's a mobile before. 141. Never mind. <laughs> 141, yeah. So if you've never played a mobile before, and you load up League of Legends, and, you know, when you when you realize that there's 141 different playable characters, each with their own set of abilities, own set of damage numbers, own set of everything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you're going up against, uh, what what is it? Five uh five other champions yeah. that you five probably have five. never seen before, no. never played against. It could be completely different sets of five champions for like 20 straight games. I mean. Yeah. It, it's overwhelming. I think that's that's really uh, the point I'm trying to make here is that choice can also be very overwhelming because, especially in a game like League of Legends, if you load it up and you need to realize that you need to memorize and just keep track of mm-hmm. all of these different champions, all the yeah. different abilities, all the stuff that they do. I mean, that's a lot to keep track it's of. It's a and lot. Even, it's a commitment. Even outside of League of Legends and like games like that, going into like an MMO and just having seeing these massive skill trees mm-hmm. of like i don't know hundreds of various skills and points to spend and things to buy in game while it's a lot of people like having that option of being able to explore try mm-hmm. out different builds all that sort of thing yeah yeah a lot of people don't like that a lot of people don't like having to make all the decisions when it comes to a game like that um compared to a game that doesn't offer a lot of choice say stuff like platformers stuff uh linear games as we talked about before (laughs) linear games don't offer that much choice but that's not necessarily a bad thing being able to just load up a game go through the story not have to make too many uh distinct choices and more so focus on just the plot of the game being able to just get better at the game focus on gameplay specifically a lot of people like having that option instead because like i said uh choice can be very overwhelming depending Mm -hmm. on how much choice there is um, so I think it's tough for a lot of game developers in terms of actually striking the right balance exactly. between having too much choice and not enough choice. Because if you have a little bit of choice, but it's not very fleshed out correctly, uh, players aren't going to be a big fan, right? If you're like, if you advertise a game as having a ton of really cool like customization and cosmetic uh, uh, options, mm-hmm. and then you load up a game and it's like four different outfits and like nothing nothing else besides that people are going to be disappointed because you advertise it as something that has a lot more choice than it actually does um and people who are looking for a game that has a ton of choice are going to be disappointed in something like that yeah no i I get what you mean you kind of even with when you were talking about league of legends um you kind of pulled even further in more of a 
any uh, class-based like MOBA or shooter uh, yeah. in, a, in a competitive uh, area, you kind of have to choose for your team which character does better into this character, like especially because um, it just gets so important when you get into the competitive scene where you need to choose the right character that can counter the character that you're going up against or one of the other mm -hmm. characters in the game. Like it's that sense of choice where even though it can get really complicated with over 140 champs in league, it, <laughs> it does add a little bit of um, uh, variability, even though that doesn't happen sometimes in pro play. But but still, like it's just it kind of like gives the players so many more options, um, even when there's mm -hmm. only like a set of like 30 to 20 characters that are like in like our meta technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's 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 go a bit deeper on that because when we're talking about multiplayer just sort of competitive games we're mm -hmm. talking league of legends like valorant overwatch yeah all those sort of class-based uh games mm -hmm. um they all have their own set of characters and people who get the games say again take like valorant for example you, yeah you open up valorant and you have a certain amount of characters available to you uh that you can pick um people choose characters initially when you first start playing the game people can choose different characters for whatever reason right yeah. you can pick a character because you just like how they look you think they're a cool looking character and you think your personality is really cool or whatever mm -hmm. you can pick a character because you find their gameplay super interesting you like yeah. the abilities they have you just think it flows well with your play style that sort of thing or you can play the character because you know the character themselves balance wise within the game is just a really good character and yeah. really strong in exactly. that particular game so if you're say you load up a game for the first time you're playing with a couple friends and they're like hey pick this character because this character is really good you're gonna be like okay yeah sure i'll pick that character if, I, if they're really strong and i want to win all the time and want to make sure i do everything i possibly can to win no matter what character i play i'm yeah. going to pick that specific character that's the best exactly. but again there's still choice there because people pick different characters for different reasons and that can sort of get blurry when it comes to actual online competitive multiplayer games. Because people are all trying to win, but to varying levels, right? Yeah, yeah. Just because someone is playing a character that they enjoy and may not even be the best character in the game, that does not necessarily mean they aren't trying to win. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So if in, I guess it's, it's tough with Valorant because Valorant doesn't, Valorant as a whole is pretty well balanced when it comes to what characters uh are available and most characters are pretty well balanced uh but if you take something like overwatch mm -hmm. like overwatch has a couple characters take like bastion or you know characters yeah. that are seen as sort of like a throw pick a pick that if you pick this character you're like actively trying to lose according to your team yeah League i mean that too. <laughs> But, uh, oh yeah, because obviously if, we, if you have 140 yeah, exactly. ships, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. there's bound to be a couple that just aren't necessarily good as others. Um, and you run into this issue, right, where people are like, look, I, I want to play the game the way I want to play it because I want to have agency over, you know, the game that I, cho I choose to play. Like, if I'm installing this game or even buying the game, as the case with, like, Overwatch and other games like that, I, I spent the money, I'm putting my time into this, I want to play the character that I want to play. Yeah. But at the end... At the end of the day, you're still trying to win, which is tough because you know a lot of a lot of people will go load into this game, see that their teammate is playing a character that's less than ideal for that situation, mm -hmm. and just they get they get annoyed because it's not you know their best chance of winning. And I think that's where a lot of things clash because people you know have varying 
levels of how they want to win the game. Yeah. And when, especially with online multiplayer games, you get that sort of jaded energy <laughs> that comes with people who are all trying to win. And obviously there are people who deliberately throw games and deliberately try to lose. Yeah. But I'm not talking about that, no, right? No. I'm I'm more so focusing on the fact that people who are are all trying to win, but to sort of through different methods and through varying degrees of that. Because people are trying to win by only playing meta characters and only trying to play use, uh, win using the best characters in the game yeah, are yeah. a lot different than people who try to make things work using the characters that they enjoy. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with that. That's kind of what I, I'd say I do in League because I, I play like um, champs who statistically from like third-party websites... <laughs> according are, to the stats. According to stats. Um, are way less played than like main even the most popular ones because I, I think they're more interesting honestly that's my own opinion <laughs> but um i've basically played this one character uh for so long to where like almost in any situation i can still do like pretty well even if it's not a great matchup like i could still do like i mean sometimes i don't do well but like i could do like i could do pretty solid in the game just because of my knowledge of the character yeah in, instead of just playing someone who's meta who i've never played before like exactly it's that it's that type of choice that pr- it would be probably better to just play the character that I know so much mm-hmm. instead Comfort of... Comfort picks. Exactly, yeah. Is it, yeah, because when, ta- when it comes to, like, a, a situation like that, is it really better to force someone onto a character that they don't have experience playing, no. even if it is technically a better, a better or more meta character? Yeah. Or compared to just, you know, letting them play what they're used to playing, and even if it's not the most ideal for the situation... If they have thousands of hours on me on the character, then like you know, I'd I'd trust them more on that. Yeah, than, exactly. <laughs> you know, force them onto you know Lucio or something when they have like an hour, <laughs> yeah. an hour played max of them just you know in Mystery Heroes or something. Wall riding the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it it it's it's a nuanced topic because it's it, it's all situational, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to to mention just that you know the way the way choice impacts how people actually play online multiplayer games because people always act like they are you know they are the priority (laughs) when it comes to playing on a team right even though almost all of these games all these online games are all team based everyone assumes they are priority especially when it comes to overwatch or game like that you actually have to pay for people are like look I paid $40 for, that, for this game. I can play this game however I want. I paid for 40 bucks. <laughs> you know, it's not my responsibility yeah. to help you win, uh, you know, to by playing this character or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And, and yeah, it's sort of just important to think about how um, how different people's, you know, perspectives are on a lot of yeah, this stuff. Yeah. Because it, it really, it's tough to think about the other perspectives when you play a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um like if again if you're used to just playing for fun or you're used to just playing if you're playing a game just to win as much as you can which again most people who play games like Valorant and League of Legends and Overwatch are most of them most people who play those games are trying to win most yeah, of the time hopefully right? hopefully but, <laughs> ideally, ideally ideally um but mo- but when it comes to actually trying to win 24/7 only playing meta picks right because they supposedly give you the best chance of winning. Oh. It gets again. It's a very it's a blurred line when it comes to actually playing to win and playing to have fun. <laughs> yeah, um, I think another thing that's interesting. I'm kind of gonna loop it back towards the um, 
more like single player games. Yeah, yeah, of course, have. of course. Um, I wouldn't say like a full, um, a, a full like story driven narrative that can change based on your outcome. It's 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 more of on a smaller scale, um, like a game like um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which came out recently, mm-hmm. well, in October, which came out in October, and um, the game so. You play as the main character, Star-Lord, and you have your four other uh, teammates who you can talk to and you can, like, find objects in the the, ma- the, the a lot of the other open worlds that you can kind of travel to, um, like, kind of um, trinkets or, like, uh, <laughs> type stuff that kind of um, resonate to their character's backstory, and you can uh-huh. give them that, and that unlocks more dialogue options with them when you talk to them, like, in your base. Um, yeah. But also, there are, like, every once in a while throughout the game, there are, like, um, very specific decisions that will impact the... I w- like, not, like, the full ending, but, like, the ending cutscene. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah. So there's, like, some parts where, like, if you help uh, this, like, group of people um, and you do their stuff for them or you kind of just leave their base and kill everyone there um they'll either help you in the end at least in the ending cutscene so it will seem like they did not like literally but they'll help you like in the final battle they'll show up if you help them earlier in the game like that it's not like on a bigger scale of a game like mass effect which kind of has almost everything is like being impacted by the choices you make um <laughs> it, it keeps it more constrained which i think for that game is a good thing i think yeah. it's good that it kept it constrained because it kind of let the story uh, which I thought was really good, by the way, um, kind of stay itself and, set, and without getting too complicated. Um, so that's that's kind of a, a type of game that has, like, that narrative, like, choices in a game, but mm-hmm. it's not as, like, kind of crazy or as complicated as a game like Mass Effect can be for, like, a new player. So that I kind of, I mean, I recommend Mass Effect all the time because I love it so much, but if I'd recommend more of a, a cho- if you want, like, more of a smaller choice driven game that's more constrained and like guardians of the galaxy would be one of those yeah i mean it it strikes the right balance right in terms of you know having a set storyline but also giving the player the option to to alter it at least a little bit Mm -hmm. you know even if it the main storyline doesn't change too much giving players that option of you know making it feel like they have some choice in the matter and making it feel like they actually have an impact on how the story goes um i mean again that's why people play a lot of single player games is to feel immersed in the story exactly um and again choices like that that helps immersion a hell of a lot (laughs) you know making it feel like you're making choices that actively affect what's going on in the game Mm -hmm. um that's one of the best parts of story driven games and honestly why people love comparing it to stuff like movies because while movies are a set storyline uh story driven games and like linear games in that fashion i mean that's what makes it so cool and so unique as just a media because um you have direct impact on how the game goes and honestly that's just really cool and fun to play (laughs) exactly yeah um another interesting is the telltale games um which in my opinion are kind of like visual let's let's talk visual novels yeah so telltale it's it's a visual novel that has multiple endings with different dialogue choices um and basically first off they don't exist anymore 
Uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's one way to talk about Telltale Games, uh, yeah. That means well, Telltale as a company does not exist anymore. I mean, their employees <laughs> learned that they were all getting laid off 30 minutes before they had to leave. So, yeah. I mean... A, it was a mess. It was a, it was mess. a mess. Um, But basically, Telltale Games are like story-driven visual novels with... They're, so, the best way to describe them are choose-your-own-adventure books, basically. but in video game format. Yeah. Right, you and, basically have all these different choices and mm-hmm. all these different endings depending on what you choose. But. Yeah, and in terms of gameplay, uh, in some other games it's pretty limited, but in, they they have like a what's it called? Um, it's like the like oh, is it like slow time combat? What is it? Um, oh, uh, uh, quick time events. Quick, quick time, time events. Quick yes. time. Quick time. Um, events. They yes. have a lot of quick time events. Like if there's a fight that's breaking out um, or something, um, they also sometimes let you walk around a room, but that's that's <laughs> that's really it. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of a key factor of visual novels. But I right? think is, is you can't you aren't really able to move. The gameplay exactly. isn't the priority. No, not <laughs> at all. Um, but the one thing that kind of sets it apart, um, obviously, it wasn't the first of its uh, genre, kind of, but it was the first big one, especially with the one that I actually didn't play was The Walking Dead Telltale. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's gotten great it, reviews. Yeah, it, um, it's, it got, it's probably the best. <laughs> got really every like let's player on YouTube played it at least once. Um, mm-hmm. It was very popular, but it's because it was mainly it was so focused on the story that the story was actually like pretty solid and stuff. I mean, some of their games that they made, like their Guardians of the Galaxy one, I don't think is that great. But um, <laughs> like they made a they made two Batman ones, which I thought were really good. Um, mm-hmm. And then The Wolf Among Us is another good one. But those Minecraft type... Story Mode. I didn't play that one. <laughs> Have you played that one? I, I played a little bit of, of Minecraft Story Mode, and it's like it's fine for what it is, but let's be honest, Minecraft characters are not like the most no. enticing plot devices out there. No, they're not. <laughs> Compared to like established IPs like The Walking Dead, like Batman, you know, that that they have a bit more weight to them. Exactly, yeah. I I mean I know that the pig dies. <laughs> maybe that's oh that's a sorry you can't spoil so minecraft story anyone, mode so in 2022 so, i apologize to anyone listening i cannot believe you though is going to be playing minecraft story minecraft mode. story mode in I, 2022 i really don't expect it but i'm sorry to I, I was getting ready to finish it next week and this is what you do to me i, I cannot believe a big time his name is like ruben or something i don't remember. yeah it's ruben, it's ruben. yeah um <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what a brutal, brutal way to find out. Just drops the <laughs> pork. just starts laying on the ground. <laughs> anyway. Wait, I wonder if that actually happened. I'm going to look it up later. Oh, um, okay. But, so basically, um, Telltale Games, I mean, they stopped, they, the formula kind of did get stale, at least in their games. They're still like visual novel of those type of games, but their formula kind of got stale. Like I said, they had like yeah. some really good releases. It, it was oversaturated. It was, they just no, made was, so many. They made so many games, and they were like pumping them out so much that people... Because, I mean, if you think about it, there's not that much gameplay, so you could just go watch an eight-hour cutscene on YouTube of the whole game if you wanted to. Yeah. Like, I it, think that's the one thing... Not the only thing, but one of the things that probably screwed over, like, Telltale's either sales or just, like... um. Uh, making more games is because you can literally just watch the full playthrough on YouTube. I mean, you could do that with other games, but but there's a difference, right? Because the gameplay is a much bigger focus. Like exactly. wa- watching a gameplay of of Dark Souls, right, is mm-hmm. something where 
I mean, sure, you're gonna get spoiled on what boss exists, <laughs> but, like, at the end of the day, the, the draw to playing a game like Dark Souls is being able to actually beat it in terms of how difficult the gameplay is, or even, like, a platformer, compared to the Telltale game, where if you watch a video of someone playing a Telltale game, that is pretty much exactly the same yeah. as you actually playing a Telltale game. Mm. Except for, you know, not being able to make specific choices within that game, but also some yeah. uh some let's players some youtubers they just sort of go through all the options anyway yeah. so yeah it, be, it, that's what what's tough about visual novels is that just watching a playthrough of it isn't that different compared to actually playing through it exactly yourself yeah. so because like even with the different dialogue options it's not enough to like have some people say like oh i watch this on youtube and i could like go buy the game and like choose different dialogue options but like i basically but is it worth it to spend the money on that i think they're usually like they're probably way lower in price now but they were i think they were like they they weren't a crazy amount they They were were probably like 15 20 yeah no i I don't even remember how much they were but it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy but again you're not really getting any gameplay for it so exactly like i think the other than quick time events they had like in the batman game they had like some detective stuff which was appreciated uh, like, mm-hmm. you kind of walked around a room and scanned, yeah, like, a crime scene and tried to figure out, like, um, what happened, and you kind of traced the steps back. Like, I thought that was cool, but, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. It was, it was something <laughs> new, which is probably why, one of the reasons why a lot of people liked it. Um, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't that much to, like, kind of warrant being, I can just watch this on YouTube and, um. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the, I, one of the best examples or one of the best uh, games, I think, that's really implemented choice just in general Yeah. through, through the gameplay mm-hmm. is Fire Emblem Three Houses on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. Because, so, the way Fire Emblem Three Houses works yeah. is that it, it's, again, it's a, it's a plot-driven game. You have to just sort of go through. Um, you end up at this, uh, this school. Um, mm-hmm. And you're sort of going through months and months after school. Each month is like a chapter. Okay. Um, but eventually, once you hit, I think, like six or seven chapters in, you basically have... Um, or actually, you make the choice of a beginning of the game of which of the three houses you'd like to sort of be part of. Okay. Um, and that choice alone changes the entire plot of the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, because like six or seven chapters in, there's a massive time skip um, oh. where... Um, it skips like a couple, like a couple years, I think, into the future. Mm-hmm. And again, depending on what house you chose, it's an entire different story. Depending That's on which really one you cool. chose, it's really, really cool. And not only that, given that each house in the game has, I think, like eight or nine characters, like specific characters that you can, uh, which is sort of like the game, the main gameplay part is that you can use these characters. It's a, it's a strategy game. Yeah. Um. Same as like XCOM or something like yeah. that. That's sort of like what the combat is. Mm, okay. Um but you have specific characters or specific archetypes, specific, you know, uh weapons, all that sort of thing. But um depending on what house you choose, that's sort of what characters you get. And each one is different, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But what's really cool about Fire Emblem Three Houses is that throughout the first like six or seven months before the big time skip, you can sort of recruit and go put in the effort to recruit other 
people from different houses into your own house. Yeah. Um, and again, it all has an effect okay, uh, okay. on what happens after the time skip. And like the plot completely changes because of it. And honestly, it's just it's just done really well. Um, I remember when I got it, uh, I I played through what I thought was basically just a regular playthrough. I didn't even realize because I had never played a, a Fire Emblem game before that. Okay. Um, but when I first played through it, I just played through standard and then realized after I beat it once, I was like, wait a minute, that was a completely different story than if I actually picked like a different house. So I went through and just played every single house ending and each one was basically a completely different game <laughs> and a completely different storyline, <laughs> completely different plot, completely different final boss. Everything was different. Um, and it was really cool because you sort of see these characters throughout the entire game, but um, the way they act and the way, you know, everything plays out is all dependent on the choices you make yeah. and who you recruit and how you play the game. Okay. And there's, there's like secret endings on if you make specific choices and I don't know, it's just really, really well thought out. And honestly, one of the better RPGs I've played in a bit, Okay. um, because I, I honestly just really like the strategy combat, yeah, yeah. but also like that was one of the few games where like the strategy combat is actually backed up by a really engaging story and really fun and well-developed characters alongside mm -hmm. it yeah no i've um i've never played fire emblem so mm -hmm. i was kind of just listening to that but it, it, i love the idea of like a of a complete just uh time skip and then just having mm -hmm. three different is the beginning the same is or it's like so it, it, so it's sort of the same in terms of the first like six or seven months again you choose the, the house like right yeah. at the beginning okay so you are still you still have a chance to like interact with other houses and make a few smaller choices but what's really cool too is that after the time skip every house still interacts with each other afterwards okay. yeah so you still get those interactions and it's honestly just really really cool yeah um and it, again i don't want to give any like major spoilers i mean technically the time skip is a spoiler but like I mean, it's, it's not, not it's not it's like, more so what happens after that that's like, the big spoiler like i'm you know? not you're annoyed by that and i no, haven't yeah. played the game it's, like that it's really cool though yeah. i mean it's it's done in a way where you really feel attached to the characters which mm -hmm. is really cool yeah no that's 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 great um another thing that i thought was uh kind of interesting we uh we talked about this earlier it was kind of about like the i mean we talked about it with uh open or not open world games but um class-based games but the kind mm -hmm. of idea of being uh especially with league with like 141 characters and kind of being overwhelmed of like what do i do who do i learn yeah how do i get there uh kind of with open world games like a game like yeah. I, I think i think a game that <laughs> definitely has this happen to is like sea of thieves because sea of thieves is like a um yeah. it's an open world game where you get on a ship and you, just, you can literally just do whatever you want. i mean there's not really a direction no there isn't on where to go there's on like CFE. some like I mean, they have, like, the Jack Sparrow campaign, and they have, like, some small, like, campaign events. Yeah, but it isn't but, like, really a campaign either, no, <laughs> in general. No, it's not. It's not. Thieves. But it kind of just allows you to get a ship and go out and do whatever you want. And I think for some people that, from, like, there are a few, I have a few friends who don't like Sea of Thieves because it just, they don't know what to do. Like, they'll, they'll play yeah. in a group, but they, they can never play that game alone. Like, they just will be overwhelmed. I mean, it's tough, because you have to have a set direction in mind yeah. if you want to play that game by exactly. yourself. And, like, there's a bunch of choices you can make, too, like, with what type of, um, like, a clan or something. The embassy thing yeah, the, or whatever. The, the embassies that you want to, like, do quests for and stuff. So there's a lot of choice in that, even just with customizing your own ship. But, like, still, 
you have to like fully sail your ship all the way over there and it's a lot and i uh, the game is more fun with friends obviously but like i think that it kind of has that part where if someone's tr- just buying it to play it solo like i don't know how well that'll go for them because there's <laughs> it just kind of overwhelms them yeah, I mean, when I first bought Sea of Thieves, I don't even remember how many years ago I bought it because it's like, wow, this looks like a really cool just pirate game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It is a really cool and fun pirate game. But when I first bought it, I played it solo yeah. um, for the first, you know, couple times I played it. And I was like, okay, dip a tutorial. I know how to sail the ship and everything. And then it basically just drops you off on an island and it's like, all right. Bye. <laughs> go off. Bye. Have fun. Yeah. Good luck. And you're sort of left there like, what do I do now? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, as you said, yeah, you can go around, you can talk to the various embassies and stuff, pick up a couple, like, really small quests um, in terms of, like, oh, here's a treasure map of a treasure that's located on this one island. And it's like, okay, I can go out, I can grab a treasure and come back, but, yeah, that's, like, ten minutes, you know? That's nothing crazy. Um, some people don't like, um, I guess, it, it's tough because it's not campaign based and or like no, story based no, necessarily not. unless you do very specific side quests that you have to sort of i feel like for a lot of those on uh you kind of have to look them up yeah um, like for that, like the really big like story-esque quests in yeah. that game they have they're just sort of stumbling upon them yeah <laughs> there is like lore it's just kind of it's hidden it's it's hidden. It's, it's and it's spread throughout where yeah. you kind of have to do something very specific if you want to go look for it. Which, it's that's a great thing for people who love that kind of game. Yeah, exploration. For people who love exploring and people who love just discovering all this sort of stuff and figuring out the puzzles on their own and just sort of taking matters into their own hands and just discovering it as they go. Some people love that kind of gameplay. But our people, they just like, you know, if, if they wanted to play Sea of Thieves, they would rather be thrown into the game given a tutorial on how to play and then it's like okay here's quest one on like (laughs) this specific expedition that you're doing on your ship and you go from beginning to end going along all these you know islands and i don't know fighting all these enemies and stuff but they like set beginnings and ends when it comes to you know a a game like that and that's sort of what and you're right that, you know, open world games like Sea of Thieves and even, you know, other open world games like um, Breath of the Wild and stuff. You know, some people don't like that kind of stuff. That's why a lot of people didn't like Breath of the Wild at first when it came out. Because yeah, they were like, yeah, compared to like every other Zelda game, compared to every other Zelda game, it's not clear 100% on where to no, go. No, it's not. Um, I mean, you could start the game and it'll be like, all right uh when what's crazy about breath of the wild actually is that like five minutes into the game you go through like the sort of tutorial part and everything and then it says okay new quest defeat ganon which is like (laughs) the end goal of the game and it's like what (laughs) how is that the first quest in the game probably the first quest is to like i don't know do like farm some vegetables or something i don't know mm-hmm. or defeat like a very low level monster why is the first quest i'm being given to beat the final boss um when in reality that's sort of just like an overarching quest where you can sort of start doing these smaller quests to build up to that or yeah. you could just again as i mentioned in previous episodes you could just go straight to a final boss and kill him right there <laughs> um but it's it's sort of overwhelming and i remember when i first played breath of the wild i was a little confused i was like wait a minute what do i 
what do I do? And yeah. I just sort of meandered about for a bit for my first like two or three times playing the game. I just meandered. I didn't know what to do. I just sort of wandered <laughs> around. I collected fruits and vegetables that I found on the ground. I would cook a couple things. I'd kill a couple of like the, the goblin camps. Yeah, yeah. And and that's sort of what I did. I would do a couple shrines and that I mean that's sort of what the game encourages though. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't realize it at the time because I was so used to playing all these other yeah. Zelda games. Um and I was like, where are all these massive dungeons that I'm used to? Where's the linearity that I'm used to when it comes to a <laughs> Zelda game? And the more I played it, the more I understood and the more mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. But it, again, it's a, it's a bit jarring for people who aren't used to that sort of game. Yeah, are you? Have you beat the game? Oh yeah, plenty of times. I've I've hundred percented it too. <laughs> oh my god! Unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. I have like 40, 50 hours in it. I mm-hmm. not. I, I've never beaten the game. I just. Uh, I was just like. <laughs> yeah. Like the only like game like that like open world that I've one hundred is the Mass Effect trilogy. But like still like <laughs> I just can't. I don't know. It's just. It's yeah. It's not for some people. No. A lot of people are just like sticking to linear games that you know, say like Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess, which is yeah. people love Twilight Princess. Yeah, um, no, I've heard. Or Wind. I guess Wind Waker's a bit tough, tough because Wind Waker strikes a good balance between you know the linear and non-linear mm-hmm. aspect of it, but it's still way more linear than Breath of the Wild was. Yeah. Um, and it gave you like clear directions on like which island to go to and stuff. I like to think of Wind Waker as a linear version of Sea of Thieves, honestly, now that I think about it. <laughs> I've seen videos, uh, and, so maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically, you know, pirate uh, sailing the open seas, going to all these different islands, but Wind Waker has, like, a set plot line that you have to, you know, go to all these islands in order to solve the, the puzzles and everything, whereas Sea of Thieves is just do whatever the hell you want and figure yeah. it out as you go. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that, I mean, the main reason why choices in games, even the smaller ones and the bigger ones are so great, because for the bigger ones, I mean, you get to, like, fully customize your character and kind of path <laughs> out the story that you want and get, like, whichever ending you want. It, it just gives a sense of more, like, I'm playing this character and I'm having, like, this awesome adventure. It's it's the roleplay aspect it's, of an it's, RPG, it's the you know? aspect, exactly. I think that's the big draw to it. When you're playing a role-play game, uh, it's, it's similar to draw when it comes to stuff like D&D, right? If you're playing a game of D&D, you're not playing it to, like, you know, follow the set campaign, no, the set, no. you know, the set things that happen every, you know, uh, in a linear fashion. Yeah. The, the joy that comes from a game like D&D, which isn't a video game, obviously, no. it's just a, a tabletop uh, role-playing game is that that role-playing aspect you exactly. know you're creating this character from scratch um and it could be you know whatever you want it to be mm-hmm. it could be any character you want it could do whatever you want um and that's the beauty of it and that's why people love role-playing games like that and that transfers over to video games too is being able to immerse yourself into this character that exactly is whatever you want it to be yeah it's what's cool about stuff like skyrim it's what's cool about stuff like fallout like mass effect mm-hmm. um all these games have aspects and choices that the player can make that mold the character into whatever the player wants it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's the skill trees, whether that's cosmetics, whether that's weapons, whether that's specific choices and dialogue in-game. The character is whatever the player wants it to be, and that's what makes it so fun to play role-playing games, is that you can just play as a character that's nothing like anything else. Yeah. Um, I wanted to quick mention... Um a game it's an mmo it's star wars the old republic um mm-hmm. 
and Star Wars The Old Republic is an MMORPG, but um, I played a little bit of it. I, I, I will say I haven't played enough to, like, fully um, experience it. But the one thing, it's, it's also made by Bioware. Um, the one thing I like about it is that it is an MMO at heart, but most MMORPGs don't go into the RPG, like, part of it as much as they do the MMO aspect. Yeah. And this, this game really puts it into the RPG aspect at the same time. I mean, it is Bioware, so they kind of were, they were going to anyways. That's what, that's um, what they do. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, what it did is it made the, the way of your class and your character, like, just way more customizable because you can you can like start on the the um the, the jedi or the um the sith or whatever um and completely different storylines with dialogue options with different endings and that type of stuff but that's kind of um i might even start playing again now because i'm talking about it but um i just love the fact that there's an mmorpg and there's probably more out there that i haven't heard of that also just hone in on that m uh, RPG part of it when, when a lot of MMORPGs don't do as much as this game does. I just wanted to quick mention that because I thought it was a good example. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it, MMOs are tough because they're such a huge scale. Yeah, there's so <laughs> much. When it comes to MMO. Yeah, there's, there's no wonder the Riot Games MMOs are going to come out until like 2025 or 2026 because I mean, MMOs are just huge games to like even yeah. just develop. I, I mean, MMOs, that's what draw to MMOs, Exactly. Though, is that people who play MMOs are people who just love having a ton of stuff to do. Yeah, no. <laughs> they love having a ton of choice, they love having a lot of stuff to do, and they love having as much freedom and agency over their own character and their own gameplay as they want. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, like, you know, sandbox games. That's probably about the peak of choice when it comes to, <laughs> you know, having choices over video games but um mmos are probably second when it comes to that just because there's so much to do uh in a game like that and i mean that's what it appeals to it appeals to a lot of um just a lot of a lot of choice (laughs) not much else to say about that yeah i I think um i think that's it for um choices um but But i was gonna add one to the to the serial tier list the serial tier list? Yeah, yeah, serial tier list. Um, okay, we're, we're, we, we can't forget about the serial tier list. No, we can't, we can't. This is Eats More Cereal, after yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which I've cinnamon had. It's not my favorite, but it's like... Crunch. It's, it's pretty good, I, I, I'd it's say. It's kind of goaded. Cinnamon Toast Crunch? The ads are really it. weird, though. It is. They do have that, some... Do we want to factor their advertisement campaigns into oh, our tier maybe. ranking maybe. of Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Because so, those are the ones with, like, the, the little the crunch, the crunch fellas, right? And, just, they, and, they, and it's cannibalism. Yeah. It's cannibalism, Dar. Yeah. On, on cable TV. Yeah. For families and children yeah. to watch as they cannibalize each other. In the bowl of milk. Yeah, I wonder if Army Hammer came up with that. That's. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think Cinnamon Toast Crunch <laughs> is <laughs> is an A tier, maybe. A, I think I, it's a high A tier. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's definitely not S. It's, definitely it's not, not S, S. But I think I think it's good. You know, it's when yeah. it comes to sweet cereals you know mm-hmm. sugary um 
I think cinnamon toast crunch has a has a good balance. You know, yeah. got the cinnamon. Yeah, it's one of the better cinnamon cereals out there. Mm-hmm. But I actually like. Uh, I think I might like apple cinnamon Cheerios a bit more. I don't think apple. Don't we don't have it on there. No, no, but... no. I don't think I've had those before. Oh, they're there. I mean, have you had apple jacks? Yeah, I've had apple. Think about those, but actually good. <laughs> Now that's interesting. You know, that's intriguing. I mean, because Apple Jacks suck. <laughs> no, they're not great at all. I hate I hate Apple Jacks, but Apple Cinnamon Cheerios are like are perfect. Perfect, right amount of sweetness, you know. And we're not we're not talking about Apple Cinnamon Cheerios yet. Wait, no, wait, that's no. that's not a that's not For that's not what they. Yeah. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I think I think that's an A. I think that's a solid solid right. A tier. Yeah. Undisputed. Undisputed. Amongst us, us two. Us <laughs> no two. guest allowed to. Uh, <laughs> To dispute our claim. No, none. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, if you're listening right now for um, uh, for listening to the podcast. Uh, again, we, sorry it took so long to get episode four out, but we're back. So um, we'll be good. Um, next episode, we'll also have another guest, hopefully. Ideally, yeah. I- ideally. <laughs> if he's free. Um, if he's free, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But. We'll, we'll have to pull some string. We'll have to, we'll have to make some choices, Dar. We'll have yeah, to make some choices, yeah, we'll choices for like, when we record. <laughs> we, have to, we have to, you know, having choice is one of, one of the things that um, I think we really advocate for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in video games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to loop it back. I'm yeah. trying to loop it back. You did good. You did it's good. just, it's not, it. You did, you it did. doesn't land as well as the other ones. I think the the linear one went better, but you know, sometimes you just have to go for it. Yeah, no, sometimes you just have to go for it. All right, thank you guys for watching. <laughs> thank you. All. I'll catch you in the next episode. See, see you on the flip side.